Ulterior. Oh, what's up, everybody? So this is part four of this ongoing series this week of the top 100 songs of the year for Ulterior. Uh, part one on Monday covered songs 181. Tuesday was songs 80 to 61. Yesterday, Wednesday, songs 61 to 40 were highlighted. No, 60 through 41. Yeah. And now today, uh, part four will be songs 40 to 21. Also, as I'm recording this installment, it is raining outside pretty fucking heavily. So if you hear thunder or anything like that, just, I, I, I don't know what you want me to do about it. I don't control the weather, little bro. But anyways, thank you. Stay tapped in and enjoy this episode. Number 40 is Cracker Island by Gorillaz featuring Thundercat. It was very generous of Gorillaz to name a song after the Republican Party. So... In the past, when I've covered this song, I kind of feel like all I do is get my jokes off about gorillas and how weird their fan base is. But really, all I'm just doing is, you know, what I just said, getting off jokes. In actuality, gorillas is a band that I admire so much from a creative and artistic standpoint because, like, genuinely, there is no other band that is doing it like gorillas or with the, the presentation of them and the presence and all that stuff. Um, their material is usually hit or miss for myself, but Cracker Island is one of the biggest hits they have ever fucking put out. From the moment the song starts, and you can kind of hear like that little, you know, key intro, and then you go into 2D's vocals, there's this infectious energy that is established immediately, and it never, ever once lets up. The entire duration of Cracker Island, I am just locked into the moment and all of my attention is devoted strictly to Cracker Island and the way that it makes me feel, the way that it kind of makes me like nod my head and my shoulders and tap my foot. Like there's this danceable nature to Cracker Island and I, I cannot shake off that feeling that it's able to give me. And I think this song does an excellent job at kind of setting the stage for what is to happen on the album Cracker Island, February 24th. And just, you know, the hope that I have that uh, the rest of the record can match the energy put out by Cracker Island because this song is truly, genuinely one of the best songs I've heard all year and one of the like top five or top three gorilla songs ever produced. Number 39 is Long Shot by Slowly Slowly. I definitely had my eyes and ears open to Slowly Slowly this year, and even if I had, like, you know, been aware of them prior to this year, 
the singles rollout for Daisy Chain, starting from the title track, was the moment where I really like kind of uh, aligned myself with what they were doing, and I was able to pay attention. And I'm glad that happened because that gave me the ability to discover Long Shot, which ended up being my favorite song off of Daisy Chain. Long Shot for myself, it kind of embodies and represents this moment in time where, as I continue to try and transition from. Uh, a past life of mine at the start of this year to where I am now, long shot kind of, you know, it, it puts me in this frame of mind where I'm like, if I could get through that moment in time that was so fucking tumultuous, maybe I can get through anything. Maybe I have a stronger mentality than I actually believe. And yeah, long shot really was able to kind of, you know, open that discussion for myself. Um, and beyond just that, the song sounds fucking amazing. It is like very laid back and chill while managing to be, you know, just very like catchy and, uh, addictive all the way throughout it. The chorus in particular is one of the shining moments of the entire year for scene music, at least in my eyes. Like the way that the, the line, it's a long shot kind of lingers in the second half of said chorus. It's a moment where like one second into my brain, I cannot possibly shake off the emotion that I feel in that moment. And yeah, long shot just genuinely gave me one of the best listening experiences all year and something that I will never, ever forget. Number 38 is ABC by Polyphia featuring Sophia Black. I remember when I was reviewing Remember That You Will Die by Polyphia. I really tried to emphasize just how much the feature spots on that record allowed it to have this different life and a different persona compared to past Polyphia material like uh, New Levels New Devils or Renaissance, which was my 2016 record of the year. And there was no bigger instance of that, I believe, than ABC. And ABC... It has this energy to it that is like very like anime or kawaii-esque, but the way that Sophia is able to take that style of her vocals and just perfectly, and I fucking mean that guys, perfectly blend it into the sound of Polyphia and the tones from Tim and everybody else in the band, it was one of the most masterful jobs of a future spot, not just this year, but in totality when it comes to scene music and my idolization of certain aspects of this weird-ass fucking scene. Like, on paper, it probably doesn't sound like it would work, and in practice, it also should not work, but it does because the talents possessed by Polyphia and Sophia Black make it impossible for this to not work. And just hearing Sophia speed run through the alphabet in this, you know, crazy-ass song, it's one of the most invigorating moments of the year, and again, it probably shouldn't be, but it is because everybody involved in this song couldn't possibly put out anything but that. Number 37 is XO by Stand Atlantic. For some incredibly personal reasons that will come to light 
eventually in this series or even the album's one next week. Um, Fear by San Atlantic is one of the most important records I have heard, not just this year, but in my entire life. And one of the backbones of that record, in my opinion, is XO. And part of that is because I feel like there is nothing else on Fear that sounds like XO or even has like, you know, this resemblance to its aura. Because once you press play on XO, I feel like you can sense that like darker tone to the track in a way. And it's not like really dark. It's not like super sinister, nothing of that sort, but like, it's for sure different. And to think that this was the band that put out Pink Elephant two years ago, it's very jarring and, and startling. But at the same time, I found this sense of pride in XO because I feel like it was something that I wasn't expecting, yet I just could not put it down. I couldn't put it down back then in May. I can't put it down now. XO is just like kind of daunting and catchy at the same time. And I think it really shows off this range within Stan Atlantic that I didn't know they had, but I'm glad they do. And, you know, just kind of go off of uh, the Shaq meme, I owe you an apology. I wasn't really familiar with the game. Number 36 is Debbie Downer by Lolo featuring Maggie Lineman. This song released quite early into the year, if I remember correctly, and the ability that it had to just stay in my head for almost 12 months is immeasurable, and I think that this ended up being the best song by Lolo, not just this year, but in her entire career thus far. And I am not at all crediting that to just the Maggie feature, because I think Lolo is a star in her own fucking right on this song. She is incredible, and the way that the verses, you know, they have like that, admittedly, a little bit cheesy, a little bit cliche, pop punk stuff going for it, especially like, you know, uh, more heavily onto the pop side. But she manages to take those concepts and craft them into this really remarkable and really memorable song that again I could I couldn't escape it for the near 12 months that it has been part of my rotation um that chorus has no business being as infectious as it is it's me Debbie Debbie Downer like that hook is just it lives fucking rent free dude and then even you know going into the Maggie verse she is also just impeccable and is putting out the exact kind of quality for her star power that I have known is there. And Lolo matches Maggie punch for punch on this song. This is a power duo and they made something truly stupendous with Debbie Downer. Number 36 is Lucy by Wind Waker. So I'm not ready to really talk about Wind Waker at large just yet because the departure of Will King from this band is something that I am like still kind of reeling from. 
But I will gladly talk about Lucy and the effect that this song had on me from the moment it was a single, then into when Love Language released back in May, and then the months afterwards where anytime this song just kind of came into my head, I immediately had to go listen to it because it has this really infectious and addictive nature that I just, I immediately fell in love with. Lucy has this energy to it that I feel like bands around uh, Wind Waker, like their contemporaries, are constantly chasing, and maybe they kind of have glimpses of, but none of them have really shined on a track the way that Wind Waker did on Lucy. It is, it, it doesn't really, like, overstay its welcome for any of its entities, and what I mean by that is, when the song needs to be heavy, it's heavy, and it doesn't try to do anything more. When it needs to have a catchy chorus, it has a fucking catchy-ass chorus, and it doesn't try to do anything more than that, or be anything more than that. It knows its lanes, and I feel like that makes this song all the more cohesive, and it, it flows really, really well, and it's just something that was able to stick with me from, you know, again, that moment back in March when I first listened to Lucy. This song embodies everything about Wind Waker that I love so much and or rather what I loved in the love language cycle and everything that I am choosing to remember uh, this band in this year for moving forward. Number 34 is Take What You Need by Ozatia. I don't think I talk about Osatia that much on this show, but they're a band that I will always have a, a really, really special place in my heart because uh, I first came across their song in 2019 called Anxiety at a time where I really, really needed something like that to keep me grounded going through what I was preparing to go through back then in 2019. Um, the Osatia path ever since then has been, you know, just really up and down. And the biggest down of that being the passing of a member, Cole McKenzie, back at the start of 2021, I believe it was. And to be able to see this band still going today, you know, despite everything that's happened to them, it's truly inspirational and remarkable. And I feel like Take What You Need kind of represents, you know, that climb back to where they were previously. And if anything, Take What You Need might actually be, in my opinion, the best Osatia song ever released. It is the exact kind of like very, you know, downbeat emo song that I can just get lost in and feel what I need to feel to it. And to just have this song and the chorus explode the way that it does and just be this beaming light that is somehow still, you know, having all of these black clouds hovering over it. It is perfect in my opinion i think take what you need is just beautiful while being daunting while being the exact kind of a song that i need in my life right now and if i had to guess i'm going to need something like this for the rest of my life and i'm happy to have what you need kind of in the back pocket for those instances number 33 is let me let you go by one okay rock
I wish I was a 1OK Rock merchant because they're able to have moments and glimpses in their discography where I feel like there are very few bands in the world doing, you know, alt rock and alt pop rock better than them. Um, you know, instances in the past of that, like Cry Out and We Are have really kind of kept 1OK Rock at the forefront of my mind whenever they are active in doing something. And now I have Let Me Let You Go as an additional layer to my proof that 1OK Rock have that Hooper mentality. It doesn't always show, but it is there. And Let Me Let You Go brought that out in them in 2022 in the biggest of ways. Admittedly, the song is very simplistic. There's no, uh, you know, sort of unique chances being taken here. The song isn't revolutionary. It's not going to change the face of anything. But I think what it does is just, like I said before, further prove how fucking quality 1OK Rock can be at certain times. And this was definitely a time for that this year. Let Me Let You Go is just so ungodly catchy. And all the way from the verses into the chorus. And that chorus, by the way, let me just say this now. It's kind of a tease, except for the final one, because the first and second courses, you know, I-, I can hear the band just like reaching perfection, and I feel like they take away the chorus before it can actually explode, and then once you get to the third chorus, it's allowed to linger on a little bit longer, and that works to the advantage of that song, because it really lets me I- embrace this portion of the song that I really, really wanted to, and I'm able to be fulfilled by the chorus of Let Me Let You Go, because of just how catchy it is, how infectious it is, and how much it radiates the uh, um, addictive energy of 1OK Rock that, again, has, you know, uh, come to the surface at different times, and with Let Me Let You Go, it is surface level the entire fucking way through. Number 32 is How Could You Do This To Me by Maggie Lindemann featuring Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens. I'm not sure if I've said this yet on this show or if it's just something that I made up in my head and I never actually got to cook with it, but if there was a Mount Rushmore of ulterior hoopers, like specifically just over the duration of this podcast existing, Maggie would have a case for being on it. There are few artists in, you know, the last couple of years who have been able to capture my attention the way that Maggie Lindemann has. She is a goddamn star and she's been able to prove that over and over again with not just Paranoia, but then this year with Sucker Punch. In my estimation, the song from Sucker Punch this year that really, really did that, that isn't She Knows It, was How Could You Do This To Me? And How Could You Do This To Me came out at a time where I was just kind of really, really going through uh, one of the biggest rough patches of my life. And so have this song there and be enthralled by the hook of how could you do this to me? It was something that I was able to kind of keep like really close to my heart. And the Kellen Quinn feature, beyond it just sounding good, like Kellen does on all of his feature spots, it was very meaningful knowing you know, the layered story to him being on this track and how big of a fan Maggie is of Sleeping of Sirens and how much songs there is like, if I'm James Dean, you're Robbie Hepburn, mean to her. So for Maggie to actually get Kellen on a song, I can only imagine the kind of realization of a dream and a whirlwind that must have been for her. And the finished product is fucking, fucking stellar. Maggie completely bodied this song. Kellen Quinn did his thing on it like he always does. 
just this masterful song that I have not been able to get out of my head ever since I first heard it at the end of April. Number 31 is Such a Shame by Static Dress. One of the most emotionally charged songs of the year, and I don't believe I was at all ready to intake Such a Shame back when it came out because of certain things happening in my life at the time, and then just what this song reminded me of and what it meant to me, and the kinds of thoughts and memories that were just flooding my head when I heard this absolute beast of a track that Ollie Appleyard just manages to carry with his voice so fucking eloquently in a fashion that I feel like has become patented to him and the rest of Static Dress. Um, such a shame. It really exemplifies something that the band has been able to just, in my opinion, find the perfect balance of, which is a nostalgic post-hardcore sound with something more modern and more forward-thinking. Um, the chorus on such a shame is just so like gutting and it feels like it's ripping out my heart while putting it back in. It's just like the exact kind of a style and sound I need from the exploration of this genre and static dress have been able to do for me this year what few other bands have been able to in my lifetime and such a shame is just one of the many 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 instances of that much needed fulfillment number 30 is salt by the devil wears prada I kind of figured this out when talking about how could you do this to me, but getting to Saw right now, like we're really, really getting into that territory where any of these songs could have made it into the top 20. Like there are cases for these songs just being fucking generational and the kinds of tracks that I will be keeping in my rotation for, you know, not just next year or the year after, but the rest of my life. So moving into the Devil Wars Prada, I'm aware that my takes about this band might be that of a dinosaur compared to the people listening to this show, but understand that Prada has been a fucking staple of my life and my music intake ever since like 2006, 2007. And so to hear them this year on Color Decay and have the revitalization of their sound that they possess, it is fucking marvelous. Like, I think this is more of a, like a jump forward than the act was, but we'll get to Color Decay soon in its entirety this is about salt and for myself salt is one of the best songs not just on this record but ever in the discography of the divorce prada i cannot get over the way that this song starts off just right into that riff and then the way that it kind of quiets down and that first chorus being intentionally scaled back so that the riff can just punch you in the fucking face yet again the the pacing of salt and the structure of it is something that i think further shows the musicianship and the excellence on the part of every member of the Devil's Prada, and it is one of the coolest showcases made by one of the coolest bands to ever fucking exist. Number 29 is Live Like This by Silverstein featuring Nothing Nowhere. Number 
So take everything out you said about the Devil Wears Prada and you can also apply it to Silverstein because Silverstein, for being a band that has been in the game as long as they have, they are still putting out quality material year after year, record cycle after record cycle. And for myself this year, in my opinion, there was nothing more monumental that they did than Live Like This featuring one of the best artists going today, Nothing Nowhere, and the astounding level of variety that he's able to bring to this song and just how every member of Silverstein, they sound like not at all an aged act in the scene. They sound like so rejuvenated and in the moment and one of the catchiest courses of the year and the interpretation behind it only furthers that. I don't want to die, but I can't live like this. Just it, that shit was hammered into my fucking membrane, dog. Like I could not get that out of my head. I didn't want to because that was Silverstein's home inside of my fucking brain. I don't want to die, but I can't live like this. I will never ever forget the first time I heard that uh, that line in the chorus and just everything that the song is able to bring to me and everything that it means to me moving forward. Number 28 is Outcast vs. Everyone by Destroy Rebuild Until God Shows featuring Brendan Savage. I knew that coming into this year with a new album at the forefront of their endeavors, drugs were going to cook. I didn't really know if they were going to deliver a song that I would connect with to the extent that I do, Outcast vs. Everyone. And the only reason I feel that way is because the last uh, like full band project by Craig Owens, that being Devil by Chiodos, I wasn't like super, super connected with any of the material the way that I want to. Like, I think 3AM and uh, Officialist is Dead Now, those are fucking phenomenal songs, but I don't think they're generational. But Outcasts, Yeah. Fucking hell yeah. I, I love everything about this song. I, I think giving Brennan, like, more than just a feature spot, he kind of acts as, like, uh, like an alternate voice to Craig in a way on this song. And I feel like that is a great way to kind of utilize these two entities that have some kind of chemistry and they have a, a way of really getting across all of, of their ideas and concepts simultaneously while just providing the listener with something that is as catchy and vibrant as Outcast vs. Everyone. Um, I, I feel like there's this, uh, it's not really like a 90s flair to this track, but it's something that is a, a little bit vacant in other sectors of this album. And I feel like Outcast being the song that can give me this trip that I didn't really know I needed by drugs, but I'm beyond thrilled that that's actually what happened. Number 27 is Bad Things by I Prevail. I mentioned Body Bag earlier, and that song is able to kind of bring out this very heavy and chaotic energy from I Prevail. Yet, there is another side to them that I feel like some people may not want to hear, but for myself, when I Prevail is embarking on that nature of theirs, the manner that they do with bad things, I think they might be one of the best bands in the world, like for real, for real. I remember listening to this track and just being so blown away and so stunned by how well this chorus worked. And it is every bit as much of like a fucking cheesy octane core chorus you could imagine. But 
for whatever reason, I Prevail have been able to take that sound this year and just body the living fuck out of it. I got to hear bad things live and just... I felt in the zone, just being there in my little shitty seat, just kind of moving my hips around and just, you know, singing along. I persuade the people that I love the most. And I, I didn't want to do anything else with my time. I didn't want to live my life any other way than just be there in the moment and be a bad things merchant because that is exactly the kind of energy that I prevail is bringing out of me whenever I hear this song. Number 26. This is going to be so fucking nasty. Number 26 is Stamina by Dead Lakes. I don't even know when this song came out. Like last week? Two weeks ago? Something like that? And... Uh, I'm ranking it really, really, really fucking high on this list, aren't I? But um, I'm doing that because I feel like that is exactly where stamina should be. And I feel like that's the the respect and the credibility that Dead Lakes have been more than deserving of ever since literally the inception of this band. I remember uh, two years ago on the New Language EP, I was just beyond blown away and, and thrilled with the material being put forth by Dead Lakes. And that EP was genuinely like a top 10 record of mine for 2020. And to have been able to like relearn my love and adoration for this band this year through not just um Stamina, but then Wrong Way back in like May or June, whatever it was when that song released. Um I think Stamina, however, shows... Every bit of promise and potential that I fucking knew Dead Licks had in them. I knew that dog was there. I knew that fire was there. And they just dug deep and fucking pulled it right out for all of us to get to witness and enjoy. Stamina, for being a new song, has been able to captivate and impact me in a way that, you know, literally only 25 more songs this year managed to do so. And to me, that is a testament to the abilities and the capabilities within Deadlicks and everything that this band can bring to all of us and the impact that they can have on the scene at large moving forward if they are able to create the platform for themselves. And I have no fucking doubt that they can, given how fucking good I think Stamina is. This song is energizing and it's catchy and it has every element to a Deadlicks track that I believe is just the perfect recipe and perfect formula for something monumental and extraordinary. Number 25 is Aching Longing by Holding Absence featuring Alpha Wolf. This is the third song that I've mentioned so far from The Lost and Longing, and there are only four songs on it, so... Uh, yeah, take that as your, uh, briefing into what I believe about that EP. So, Aching Longing was the first single for this record, and subsequently the first Holding Absence track since last year's The Greatest Mistake My Life, which I believe was my eighth favorite record of the year. And I just cannot get enough of everything that Holding Absence bring to us in the scene, because they're able to provide these songs that are very, very difficult to get through and listen to because of the subject matter and 
the lyricism on the part of Lucas Woodland and just everything that he is able to craft and bring together when it comes to dealing with these very dark and brooding themes. And he's doing so in a manner that it's like, I can't look away. I can't turn away a song like Aching Longing just because it hurts to listen to. Like this song is fucking phenomenal and something that I was able to, you know, take with me from June onwards and just be enthralled with every step of the way and providing, uh, the vocals that Loki did. And he is a fucking sensational star on this track. And just the way that his screams managed to fit like so well into a holding absence song as if they belong there from the beginning. I think the thing about Aching Longing that really stands out to me and allows it to be this superstar entity is the outro and how it's really built on just one line, but that line has meant everything to me for the past six months. There's so much life to live and I lost my lust for it. I feel that. I resonate with that. That is me. I feel that line in my heart. I just cannot tell you guys exactly everything that's going through my head right now because I can't really process these thoughts or uh, structure them into coherent sentences. But just know that that sort of line and then even the one following it, there's so much love to give, but I've given everything. I I connect with that. I really, really do. Aching Longing is an incredibly special song and the kind of song that I I think I feel so lucky and blessed to have been able to experience and enjoy this year. Number 24 is Bleed the Dream by Foreign Hands. This is the title track off of Four Hands EP from back in February, and just one of the fucking coolest things that I got to listen to all year long. And I, I mentioned Four Hands earlier and how they are kind of helping like wave the flag when it comes to the post-hardcore revival and how these uh, sonic tones from the early 2000s and mid 2000s are kind of surfacing back in our scene through acts like Four Hands, Static Dress, Sea Space Cowboy. Um, Foreign Hands are doing that style in this incredible manner that easily like catapults them to the top of that list currently. Um, this song, Bleed the Dream, it starts off just really, really fast-paced, really angry and chaotic, and it's so invigorating, and it's something that I was able to listen to and just kind of let loose to, per se, and just kind of vicariously be aggressive through this track, and... The way that it can kind of, you know, balance the heavy and soft tones of post-hardcore and later on in the track when it kind of slows down and it just sounds so, like, beautiful and it it's not totally the same, but it reminds me of the bridge to Guys Like You Make Us Look Bad but Bless the Fall. It just has that energy to it and it's something that I'm able to connect myself to and attach myself to and just kind of, you know, make this song my, my everything. I am able to wrap... Uh, bleed the dream around my body and my brain and just let it engulf me and I choose to listen to this song that way because there's no other way that I can process bleed the dream and everything that it means to me and everything that I want to mean to me for the rest of my life number 23 is cancer by the devil wears prada I hope that it's cancer. 
the entire basis of this list is me looking at what I believed subjectively were the best songs this year. Objectively, I kind of think Cancer is the best song of the year. It is definitely the most emotional song of the year, and it's the song from this year that I don't know how often I will voluntarily listen to it moving forward. I don't actually enjoy listening to Cancer. And I know that might seem antithetical to this song's placement, but just listen to me real quick. This song makes me think some really, really bad things. Like really dark and evil and just depressing things that I don't want in my head. But I will try to explain them to the extent that I'm comfortable with for the sake of letting you guys know exactly why Cancer is such an important song to me. So, lyrically, this song is pretty much about the very malevolent hope that somebody who passed away passed away from cancer and not something like suicide that you could have prevented or theoretically could have prevented. That is an exceptionally painful thought to process. And it's... A a thought that really just lingered on in my head from the moment I heard the song and then the days and weeks and months thereafter. Cancer is a very difficult song to process. It's very difficult for me to wrap my head around the song and kind of listen to it because I see myself in this from the, the point of view of like, you know, if I had to choose how a loved one were to go between cancer or, you know, suicide i'm gonna pick cancer and that's fucking horrible and the fact that this song was able to make me think these things i i feel like that's a it's a very sick accomplishment by the devil's prada isn't it but at, at the same time they're able to deliver this message through a song that instrumentally and sonically fits this dark notion Cancer sounds fucking creepy. It sounds uncomfortable. And especially towards the end of the track in the outro where, you know, the song kind of has like nothing going on. And it's just like this spacious time for you to try to, you know, comprehend what you heard. And then at the end, it just sounds like this really frail, weak voice just uttering the lines, I hope that it's cancer. That that does something to your head, at least mine. Like that stuck with me. And... For those reasons, I kind of didn't want Cancer to make it out of part four. I didn't really want to get into the top 20 because, like I said, I don't actually like listening to this song. But just looking at it from an artistic and creative expression uh, perspective, I don't think Cancer can be denied as one of the, if not just straight up objectively, the best song of 2022. Number 22 is Cubicle Dialogue by Static Dress. This was the closing song off of Rouge Carpet Disaster, and it's maybe my favorite closing song of the year from an album. I listened to Cubicle Dialogue, and 
just from the intro, like that really like a unproduced acoustic sound, and then how it bleeds into the full band coming in, and it's just this really catchy riff and just this beat that like, yeah, I don't fully associate with Static Dress, but they're able to cook with this for real, for real. Um, Ali Appleyard coming in, and he is just uh, amazing on this song. Like, I really believe Ali Appleyard has a a true case for front end of the year, if, if anything, just. A real superstar entity for Static Dress that has helped them establish the really iconic imagery that they already have so young into their tenure. Um, Cubicle Dialogue, it just has this really infectious and like morbidly fun nature to it because it just sounds like a really fun song, yet it's not. Uh, you know, you go into the lyrical matter and just hearing things towards the end of the song, especially like. From the 23rd floor, past the second story window, break this loop as the blood fills the cracks. This song is just a a fucking gem that I don't know how many people actually did get to experience and enjoy to the extent that I did. But Cubicle Dialogue just kind of has this ability within it that makes me somehow love Static Dress even more. And coming into this year, I didn't know that was possible. Like Static Dress have been one of the brightest bands in the entire scene for a few years now for myself and Cubicle Dialogue and all of Rouge Carpet Disaster for that matter just managed to cement them even further into young goat status. And I I feel like for as good as this album is, and it is a fucking perfect album, Cubicle Dialogue somehow makes it better and that's a crazy thought i think number 21 is casualty by mothica I'm going to start off this entry by reading a quote from Mothica I found on Genius when it comes to the lyrical matter of Casualty and what it means to her. On the way to the studio, I was thinking about how many things in my life were set up to destroy me, like alcoholism and depression that runs in my family. I suffer from both, and I really hate the idea of either of these things being the reason I give up on life. So taking that and applying it to Casualty, I feel like this ended up being... One of the most relatable songs for myself, not just this year, but of the decade so far, and then expanding beyond that just maybe ever in totality of music. Casualty was one of the earliest songs reviewed for Ulterior. It was a January track, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe February, but I feel like it was January. And I just could not put it down for anything, because while it is so catchy and vibrant, just immediately, once Mothica comes in in that first verse, I'm a masochist, I get my fix from feeling nothing, hospitals at 24, alone and self-destructive. Just, this song latches onto my brain, and it latches onto my heart and every cell within me that is like, you know, hey, she's talking to you, big dog, like, in a way. Um, the chorus. One of the fucking best choruses of the entire year. It is, uh, again, catchy and infectious, but at the same time, the lyrical matter here, I am... Just more than eager to shout this out, out the rooftops to whoever the fuck wants to listen to me. I won't be a casualty, a product of my agony. Break my bloodline, feel the pain, and then kill it twice. I won't be a casualty. No, I won't go down like that. Fuck yeah, Mothica. Don't go down like that. Don't, don't, you know, follow that course. And I want to relay that to all of you guys because 
I know there are people listening to this who can relate to a song like Casualty and relate to the idea of just wanting to kind of break this cycle of depression and anxiety and anything else that, you know, is like a self-destructive force in your life that you want to control, but maybe at times feel like you can't. And for reasons that I'm not going to get into, like really personal reasons, right now at this moment in time in December 2022, the lyrical content of Casualty means more to me right now than it did back in January and it ever has before. And I just want to utilize this moment beyond just casualty and beyond anything music related. I am telling you listening to this right now, whoever you are, I'm fucking proud of you because you are here and you are still here and whatever is going on in your life, you have pushed through it. So whoever you are, you are fucking strong, okay? And just take the lyrical content of a song like Casualty and take everything that I'm saying to you right now and take it to fucking heart, okay? You are a goddamn soldier. And Mothika, you are fucking amazing for Casualty. And that's it. That was songs 40 to 21. So we finally did it. Top 20. I'll elaborate a little bit more on what top 20 means to me once I get to that episode, but if you've made it this far and you've stuck with me and you've tapped in to this extent, you're a hooper. Like, for real, for real. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this installment. And as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.